0: hello and welcome to the decelerator i'm your host allison and i'm here today with entrepreneurial program manager stephanie landers welcome how are you today great thank you allison and bella it's great to be here wonderful so why don't we get started with what do you do and tell me a little bit more about your role as you mentioned the entrepreneurial program
1: manager in the keller center And I would say the largest part of my role is managing the eLab Summer Accelerator, which you two are a part of, of course, and also the Academic Year Incubator Program. And the incubator program is sort of a continuation of the accelerator. I'm also in charge of the Keller Center's Student Project Funding Program. Now, that's where students are interested in pursuing engineering, innovation, And design projects outside of the classroom and they have the opportunity to apply for some funding to help support that project um, or an event or some sort of initiative while they're at Princeton. There are two funding cycles in the fall and the spring and when the deadline passes a committee of Keller Center folks including me review the applications and award funding to projects that we feel are best suited for for that funding. In addition to the student project funding and the eLab. I also oversee activities um, of a new student initiative called Prospect Student Ventures. So they're a community of Princeton's investors and builders, and they provide grants to student founders. And the funding came through the Office of the Dean for Research by uh, Vice Dean Rodney Priestley, and um, he agreed to provide the funding as long as the Keller Center would provide oversight and guidance. So I'm sort of leading that new initiative and we meet with a group several times a year and um we also serve on an investment committee that makes decisions about which student ventures receive grants so those are my three main roles in the keller center Of, of course there's a lot of other little things but those i think are the things that i'm in charge of most of my time
2: that's amazing. So it seems like you really have a lot on your plate. What does a typical workday look like for you, balancing all of those things?
1: I guess the workday really depends on the time of year. So as far as eLab goes, you know, I'm working with entrepreneurs, with VCs, with alumni, with mentors and advisors, and of course the teams, um, the students themselves, and you guys, the associates, I also, throughout the academic year, before eLab starts in the summer, I'm meeting with a lot of students, undergrads, grads, and often incoming first-year students to talk about their startup ideas and to offer them guidance and and connect them with the right resources that they need to um, pursue their startups. So I'm usually having a meeting with a mentor or a potential speaker or planning out a webinar. It really varies. There's never, I'm never doing the same thing every single day. Let's put it that way.
0: Which probably leads for a really exciting workday. And I remember when we had the certificate fair, uh, I went for the entrepreneurship one, and I believe I heard you speak at that. I'd love to hear more about how you ended up as the entrepreneurial program manager. What did you do before and how did you really end up in this role? Well, I mean,
1: I can go way back and I will just talk very briefly to lead you up to now. But in college, I studied French and Spanish and art and music, and my major was French. But then after graduation, I didn't jump right into a career, you know, using my, my French skills and, or any of my language skills because I was in a band. And so we did touring and we were, we were really busy and it just, it didn't allow me to have a full-time job. I was spending time doing that. But then I realized that that wasn't going to work forever. And so I went and I uh, started a job at Rutgers University, which is actually where I went to school. So I worked there for a while, and then I stumbled upon a position at Princeton. Um, it was in the Center for Innovation and in Engineering Education, and that was before it was actually named the Keller Center. Um, it was just CIEE. So that was in 2006, and I applied for the job, and I got it, and I was super excited. Um, I was working part time with the center and half time with the dean's office in the School of Engineering. So that split role over time became 100% Keller Center and really just supporting all of the student activities helping out with the faculty and with the student project funding and with a very a variety of student groups so you could basically say I grew up with the Keller Center we were founded in 2005 and I started here in 2006 so it's been a long time I've seen you know the center start at Maybe one entrepreneurship class, and then we went, you know, now we have more than a dozen. Um, I watched the eLab start um, back in 2012, and at the time Cornelia was managing the program Cornelia Hallstrung, who is our executive director, by the way. So she was managing the program, and I was in more of a support role, eLab. And so before I was in this role as the manager of eLab, I I still had my hand in, you know, the day-to-day operations of the program. So I've been there since the beginning, I guess you could say.
2: Right. That's so incredible that you've really been there since the start and have been instrumental in making eLab and the Keller Center what they are today. So can you tell us a little bit more about how eLab has changed over time and maybe the biggest change that has occurred since the start?
1: the program has definitely grown. The first year we had four startup teams and just a handful of mentors. And um, we didn't actually have any specific faculty advisors back then. We had, you know, a few alumni who were involved. Some are still, still involved today, in fact, which is pretty cool. And we moved to a new space. So when the program started, we were way back in the H-Wing, at the very back depths of EQUAD. I don't know if the two of you are, are familiar with that, but the H-Wing is like the other side of the planet, basically. And we had one room. It was just one small room back there and nobody knew where it was. It was like really far away from everything, but it was great. I mean, we were super excited. There was a huge renovation done to that wing of the building. Knocked down some walls, you know, got all these new tables and chairs and whiteboards. And we actually built whiteboards. Th- this whiteboard that we purchased from I Lowe's and we put it on rolling racks and we assembled them ourselves. So we did everything very much like in a startup fashion. We just kind of built things from the ground up. So over time, I guess more students became aware of the program and we had a lot more applicants. So now we moved to the entrepreneurial hub in 2015. And that was a huge deal for us because this was like an entire building for us. We had, you know, big co-working space, kitchen, a lot more room to kind of move around for the, the teams to have their meetings and conference rooms and, you know, just more, more space for everyone to uh, accomplish what they were there to do. So I think what's also changed is that students have so many more options as far as entrepreneurship classes go. The teams now come in with much broader understanding of entrepreneurship and, and startup life than they did in the very beginning. So I think um, students are coming more prepared and you, you uh, too, as well, definitely were super impressive. When Manda and I met with you, we thought, wow, you know, they could be on their own e-lab team. Back in 2012, 2013, it was just really not as popular, I guess, or not as well known. Students just didn't know about entrepreneurship and startups. And most students, especially, you know, students in the Keller Center, were looking for jobs related to their computer science major or tech company, Google and Facebook and things like that. And they weren't as aware of the, you know, the possibility of like starting their own startup.
0: Yeah, and I think definitely that entrepreneurship has really grown at Princeton. We talked to Professor Dana recently about one of his first entrepreneurship classes at Princeton. So that was really exciting. And we have not been to the entrepreneurial hub and we can't wait um, until we can see it during the semester, hopefully. But that's definitely something that I'd be really excited about. What have been some of your favorite parts of being a part of eLab? So for eLab, I think what has
1: been really wonderful is just meeting so many students and so many students who are so passionate about, um, you know, starting a venture and doing something that might positively impact society or creating something for, you know, example, I'm thinking back several years, there was a a team, a sign school, who was working on an app for, or a platform for American Sign Language, because actually one of the founders himself was a deaf person. And so creating something that could help him and, um, you know, the the deaf community around him was like a very personal and a really cool idea. And I was really supportive of of that team and what they were doing. Um, Yeah, I really just think that meeting with students and, and just seeing how excited they are to create their own venture is, it's just very rewarding. I want to be able to help as many students as possible. And, you know, working in the e-lab, that gives me the opportunity to do that.
2: Yeah, it does provide a really good opportunity to work with so many different people. And that's kind of what I've discovered through being an associate as well. And that's been my favorite part too, just interacting with so many different people who have So many ideas that I never would have thought of. And a lot of them are just based off of personal experience and me having different experiences than maybe, for example, a student athlete or someone who is an international student. That makes sense that they would have such cool and interesting ideas that hadn't come to me yet. So that's been probably my favorite part as well. So as far as your interests in the program you've talked about how you love working with different startups and learning about new ideas. But how about outside of work? What are some of your favorite things to do?
1: Being that it is the summer right now, people might be surprised at this, but I love gardening. And um, growing tomatoes and flowers, and I know I didn't mention that to you uh, before, but that's definitely one thing. I, I think I have a green thumb, and especially being at home right now, working from home in the summer, I have so many different plants growing out in my backyard, in my deck, and um, and making food with the things that I'm growing is super exciting. Aside from that, I love traveling. I also I love music and I play the keyboard. I started playing the piano, I guess, when I was around eight years old, something like that, and travel is one of my biggest passions, so it's been really tough being a, sort of in a this COVID lockdown for the last 16 or so months because I haven't really been able to get out
0: and travel like I, I used to. I totally get that. I- I'm an avid traveler myself and I know Bella is too. So where, I mean, hopefully this pandemic is ending soon with the Delta variant that's kind of up in the air, but as soon as borders open everywhere, what ticket are you booking? What's your first flight or train out? That's really tough to say because there are so many places
1: on my A list of places to go. However, I I really think that the first place I would go is Bali. Um, I've been there twice. It's on the other side of the planet, literally. (laughs) And um, it's at the bottom, you know, in the Southern hemisphere. It's just a beautiful, beautiful island, lovely people. It's, it's hot and humid there, but it's just, it's gorgeous. And, um, and the food is amazing. And there's just so many different things to see and do there. And it's relatively inexpensive to travel there while it takes like 20 something hours to fly there with, you know, a couple different layovers. Um, once you're there, it's just like, you're literally in another world. And it's, it's probably one of my favorite places ever. And I always talk with a friend of mine who's also been there a couple of times that we're going to retire to Bali together and we're going to open like a juice bar or something. And,
0: so, yeah, that's probably going to be the first ticket that I buy once the borders open up. That sounds like paradise. I I know one of the places that I really want to go and actually it was going to be my trip in the March that COVID happened, but I was going to go to Japan. Oh, nice. I would I would also love to go to Japan too. My favorite reason to travel is the food. And Japanese food is just takes my heart it it takes the cake for literally everything so Japan would be my next ticket.
1: Yeah I would I definitely I like travel for the food The actually the the last place that I traveled right before we went into lockdown in March was I was in India and I was there I guess at the end of January, the beginning of February. And, you know, I flew back and on, you know, I'm seeing all these people in the airport with masks and there was just a a beginning buzz of coronavirus and COVID. And, and at that time, you know, this is like a year and a half ago and nobody really knew what was going on. And, and, and I was just sort of freaked out by seeing all these masks and then boom, you know, three weeks later we're being sent home and we're working in our home. So But anyway, you know, speaking of India, travel and food, I think Indian food is absolutely my favorite. But, you know, um, Bali is very much, is very similar because they have a lot of curries and a lot of rich sauces and a lot of vegetables and, you know, the coconut sauces. And so Bali and India, probably two of my favorite food places for sure. Getting hungry just talking about this. (laughs)
2: Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'd have to say my first place to go would be either Colombia to visit family or Italy. Um, that's the trick, a trip I had booked that we had to cancel uh, for me. Very disappointing, but we were planning on going to Sicily. So I am just so excited to go there. Hopefully once restrictions start letting up. I also do have a Disney addiction. So just going to Disney World would be great. That's where I went right before the pandemic really started. Yeah, I, I could just talk about travel all day. But you also mentioned an interest in keyboard. And as a drummer myself, I love music and I love bands. So I'd love to hear more about your involvement with that.
1: Okay, well, first of all, Kudos to you for um, being a drummer. I, I don't think drummers get enough credit. I mean, they are basically driving the band, right? But everybody's like looking at the singer. And it's funny because a while ago when I was in the band and I would tell people that I was in a band, they were always looking at me like, oh, well, she's a you know, she's female. She's got to be a singer. And I said, no, no, no. I played the keyboard and I kind of liked standing towards the back because I didn't like the spotlight to all be on me. Um, So as I mentioned earlier in our conversation here, I, you know, I learned piano when I was pretty young, I guess, eight years old or so. And I started playing classical music and I still love classical music, but the band that I was in was a ska band. So ska is a music that kind of started out in Jamaica. So it's like, sort of like reggae music, but faster and a lot of horns, you know, like trumpet and trombone and saxophone and singers. And um, so my band had a huge a huge lineup. Um, So keyboard, two singers, guitar, bass, a bunch of horns, the drummer, of course. And so I actually, right now I have, I think like three keyboards, three keyboards. I have a baby grand piano at my mom's house, which I just could not fit in my house here. So it's still there. Whenever I go visit her, I you know, try to play it. It's just, I think piano is just one of the one of the best instruments. And um, I play pretty much by ear. So like if I hear a song on the radio, I can figure out the notes. I mean, I also read music, but I'm really good at just picking out, okay, this is what it sounds like and then start to play it. So I miss being in the band, but I still, you know, it's, it's still a hobby of mine. Like I, I have two keyboards in my living room right now. Um, and I actually have an upright bass in my in my living room as well. It was my grandfather's. So I have pretty much a collection of instruments around my house. An electric guitar, a couple acoustic guitars. I have a travel acoustic guitar that was actually made by one of the startups in eLab. I totally forgot to um, to mention that. So Close Guitars, they did, they built a carbon fiber guitar. And I was one of their first backers on Kickstarter. So you'll have to come and see it when you come back to the hub, to my office, because I always have it on display there for people to, to pick up and play when they want.
0: That's incredible. I do not know how to play the guitar, but I recently learned how to play the ukulele. And being able to play music by ear, I learned the piano, but just to be able to transfer music from like listening to like on the piano, that takes incredible skill. So congratulations on that. I also heard that you have a interest in vegan food. And I'd love to hear more about where your favorite vegan places are how you kind of got into vegan food. Like what what do you do you like to cook vegan food? What are some of your favorite dishes?
1: I'm alluding to all these different things in our conversation, but definitely Indian food. Well, some of it's not vegan, but you know, a lot of the curries and if it's coconut, you know, those curry sauces, you can have a lot of vegan options and Thai food is, is another one of my favorites. You know, all those vegetables, the tofu, um, the creamy sauces and everything can be made without without actual milk, you know, it's coconut milk or almond milk or something like that. So I think my, on, to be honest, my favorite food, so from before being vegan, um, I think my favorite food has always been pizza. I mean, who doesn't love pizza? If you don't like pizza, I don't know, you have a problem. Um, but now I definitely love pizza. And actually, just recently, I started making my own So I get the dough and um, all the toppings and vegan cheese. There's tons of different, you know, brands of vegan cheese out there and you know, all the veggie toppings and I bought a pizza stone. And um, so I'm cooking my own pizza in my oven in my kitchen right now. And so I've made pizza for the last couple of weeks and every single one has like turned out better than the last. Um, So that's really exciting. And I think another thing, Um, That is vegan and super simple and almost like a staple to life is bread. So I started making sourdough. Um, It's funny because I'm a little bit late. You know, I think the pandemic brought out bread making and a lot of people last year. And somehow I kind of, you know, didn't do that until just recently, I guess last month or maybe it was May or something like that. I decided, you know what, I'm going to start making sourdough bought a sourdough uh, starter kit and all the different, I I bought a Dutch oven, um, all of the uh, measuring cups and all the different flours. And I'm still like kind of shaky on the sourdough because it takes a lot of skill to, you know, make like get the dough to rise properly and bread has to proof and there's a, there's so much waiting in between. And it's kind of um, frustrating that it's not, you know, instant gratification but um it's great i love baking bread so i would highly recommend that anyone that wants to you know make something that's vegan they can do bread because um it's you know good for you and it's kind of fun and you can put
0: any number of different toppings on bread so sourdough for life <laughs> i completely agree i i definitely saw all the tiktoks of the quarantine bread making the focaccia bread looked really really good oh (laughs) I also have not I I would classify myself as a carnivore but I love Indian food so I probably wouldn't speak too soon on my completely carnivorous tendencies
1: (laughs) oh you know I almost forgot to mention that um planted plate I have to give a shout out to Planet Plate because they are in Princeton. They actually opened during the pandemic, which I have to give them a huge round of applause for because while a lot of places were shutting down, um, they opened. Um, So I guess they, um, that restaurant, they, the owners have another restaurant out by the shore somewhere. I think it's called Kaya's or something like that. And so Planet Plate opened, I think in February of this year. And since then, I've been a regular customer. And once they got onto uh, Grubhub, I was so excited because then I could like get it delivered to my house while I'm sitting here, you know, working at my desk in my dining room, and having planted plate delivered to me was super exciting. And then finally, when things started clearing up a little bit, um, COVID-wise. I actually went to eat there in person and they're awesome. The people there are really nice. They have a massive menu and a lot of really good items. So if you guys have not tried it, you should, because just because you're a carnivore doesn't mean you can't love eating food. So
2: give it a shot. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm going to have to give that a shot when I get back to campus, which hopefully pretty sure we will be this fall. So I can't wait to go to Planet Plate, meet you in person, go to the eQuad and just explore the Keller Center a little bit more post pandemic or towards towards the end of the pandemic, hopefully. But just thank you so much for being here. Thank you for telling us about yourself, some of your passions and your involvement with the eLab. It's been our pleasure.
1: No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you two so much. It's been really great. I'm so happy that we have you guys working with us this summer Been doing an amazing job. And it's been really fun talking to you.